0: Thank you so much for joining the Faith Chapel podcast. Wherever you may be joining us from, we hope that you know that you are loved and that this message encourages you throughout your week. Into the word today, we kicked off a renewed series just recently, and I love this concept of speaking of renewal. I'm believing for that on a continual basis, which is some of what we're going to dive into in just a moment. And before I get into the message, now I had this verse that was striking me during worship, and I didn't have it in my notes, but I felt like it was paramount that I share it with you. I'm going to read this to you. This is out of Ephesians chapter 3, verse 18. This is a freebie for you. Then you will be empowered to discover what every holy one experiences, the great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions. How deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love. How enduring and inclusive it is. Endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. Dude, isn't that rich? Isn't that just a rich verse? I wish I had the next several hours just to unpack this one verse of Revelation that Paul gives us right here. It's so good. But one key piece I wanted to pull out of it was this thought that it's the extravagant love that pours into us until we're filled with the overflowing fullness of God. We're going to talk a little bit about the love of God today. And sometimes when we talk about the love of God, a lot of people, they check out right off the bat. They go, okay, well, I got that. I thank God that, you know, forgot God so loved the world, you know, that he sent his only son. I, got, I think I got that one down. But we fail to capture how deep that well is and that it unlocks the fullness of God to us. So that's what we're going to venture into a little bit today. And speaking of that, um, everything starts at this idea of, coming into a relationship with Jesus and what that does for you and I as believers. Now you know this verse probably. I'm going to read it to you anyways. It's 2 Corinthians 5.17. It says that this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. Behold, a new life has begun. There's a fresh new beginning as a new creation in Christ Jesus. When we put our faith in Jesus, everything changes. Something old has changed and something new has come. Now check this out. This is both a one-time thing and an ongoing adventure. This is both a one-time experience and an ongoing adventure. Well, what do you mean? I mean, you have been saved and you are being saved. Your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, but you are being regenerated. You're being born again and made brand new. So in the same breath you have been saved, you are also being saved. You're changing. You're being sanctified, to use a very Christianese word for you, which means being set apart. You're being made new day by day. You're being renewed day by day. Everyone say day by day. Day by day, because that's gonna be a little key theme throughout today's message, day by day. Learning to yield to the things of the Spirit, walking in a newness of life, day by day. So this is a solid foundation for everybody. Whether you just got saved on Easter, praise God, I hope welcome to the family of God, or you've been walking with the Lord the entirety of your life, maybe for decades. And if that's your reality, this is still a great, solid foundation to live upon, the idea that he's renewing us day by day. By day, chiseling us, making us look like him. Now, on this journey, there was a key area of you and I being in him, being renewed in him, and that's what I want to talk about today, and it's this: it's renewed love. Renewed love is something he does in response to our actions. It's your first fill-in if you're taking the notes. Renewed love is something he does in response to our actions. So let me paint the picture for you a little bit. At whatever point that you gave your heart to Jesus, love should have been a motive of that decision. Now, why do I say this? I've been raised in the church my whole life, so I've been around the block for a little while, and as long as I've been in the church, I notice there's people who have made commitments to Jesus based off of different motivations. Some people have made a commitment to Jesus based off of a motivation of fear of hell. Fear of hell is never a healthy motivation for relationship with Jesus. It's a love relationship. It's his kindness, his goodness that draws us to repentance. It's the fact that he has wooed us towards us. It's this radical love relationship with God where it's not, oh, I was scared of this or I didn't want that. It was, no, I wanted him. And as a byproduct of wanting him, he wiped away all of the other things, amen? Oh, we're gonna wake you up, 8.30. We're gonna get ready here. Okay, so I believe that there's something fresh that God does on the inside of us when we get ready and we yield ourselves to him saying, God, I'm learning to love you. That is a healthy place to start every relationship with him, recognizing the Father's great love for you and the fact that we have made a choice to love him back. It wasn't for peer pressure, it wasn't for any other reason other than a love relationship with him. So he fills us with the Holy Spirit of God. I used to tell when I, when I would work with kids, because I've, I've worked in just about every area of age group, from children's church to youth ministry to young adult ministry to adult ministry, and, and I, when I'm working, especially with younger kids, I go, hey, so, so where does Jesus live? And they all go, in my heart. And I'm like, awesome, but does a, does a five foot ten person with a beard come and live in your heart? And they're like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, exactly, the Holy Spirit of God comes and takes residence on the inside of you. He's the one that comes and lives within you, right? And he does everything to promote Jesus. He's the greatest cheerleader of heaven. He's the absolute advocate. He comes alongside you, and I'm able to introduce them to the Holy Spirit. So scripture tells us when we get saved, 1 Corinthians six nineteen, that our bodies become the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes and lives within us and fills us from within. You guys with me so far? Okay, so he comes and lives within us. So after this great experience of salvation, where we're being made new day by day, it wasn't as if we got love completely locked down. We have the Holy Spirit residing on the inside of us, and one of his great jobs is to help bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit, chief of which is love. So he's cultivating this renewed love on the inside of us day by day but it wasn't perfected. It's not like you you and I get saved and we go, oh yeah, love, I got that down perfectly. I don't ever mess it up. Me and the wife, we don't ever argue. The rabbit that I have running around my house chewing up all my iPhone cables, I love that guy, completely. Like I got no issues with love whatsoever. No, I'm telling you, we got some some stuff to work out, some kinks to work out and some some wrinkles to iron out, am I right? So it reminds me of, I have a a movie. There's this, a great movie that I love and, and I've seen it many times. It came out a little while ago. You might've seen it. And let me just set the stage for you and I'll play you this really, really quick scene. So there, there's this guy, Will Smith plays this character. Anybody like Will Smith? Any Will, Will Smith's in the house getting jiggy with it? Okay, so where Will Smith's character, his name is Hitch. Hitch is giving his client, Albert, some dance advice but Albert claims that he's already got that covered. He's like, oh, I'm not worried about that, and Hitch goes, whoa, 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 we gotta, be, we gotta be thorough. Show me what you mean about that, and he puts on some music, and Albert's already thinking, I already got this down, I need help with all the other stuff, but dancing, mm. don't you worry about that. Check out this clip. Yeah, yeah. That's what it's all about right there. I'll see how it gets bigger? Now I'm gonna start the fire, but the feet are going. Stop the fire, I make the peace. Pips are always going oh, with wow. The tip Q-tip, tip Throw it away. That's not working, you hit it with this. Next subject, get out. <laughs> I love that part. I love his little thought at the end. He's, he's, in his mind, he's thinking, I just nailed it. So he says, next subject. <laughs> and Will Smith psh, slaps him, get out. So the pull point is this. In his mind, he had this on lock. I, I don't know about you, but I've met some people that as believers, they feel like, oh, oh, that whole piece, I've got that on lock. But from our own perspective, sometimes we're blind to what other people see so clearly. Just ask your nearest family member. (laughs) How am I doing on my patience? I'm pretty sure I'm nailing that like 99.9% of the time and they're gonna go, "Mm." How am I doing on my cleanliness in the house and stuff like that? And they're gonna go, "Mm." How am I doing on my joy? You know what? And you might just get a different response than you thought that you had. So he thinks, we got it to, he thinks he's got it together, he's got the dance moves on point and sometimes we feel like we've got love absolutely figured out and, and it's, it's just oozing from us every single day and we got no issues. We might think that we got it nailed down kind of like Albert did but the reality is we got work to do in that department. Love is something being cultivated us, cultivated within us on a daily basis, day by day, as we surrender to the Holy Spirit. So, throughout our day, we're learning to yield to the things of the Spirit. We're being taught how to love amongst every other wonderful characteristic of who God is. But don't forget, it is an ongoing process. I feel like I'm nailing that really deep into the wood. Let me give you one more analogy to help it stick for you. So, when you get saved, you will not believe how difficult it is to write on a balloon and not get it to smear, okay? So, this is like my 19th balloon. So, okay. So, when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, You get filled. I think we can go bigger. Let's go real big. Oh, I don't want to mess it up. Boom. Can you see the love there? This is our love tank. You get filled. You're at service. Pastor Brian's up here preaching fire and he's like from the front to the back, to the left, to the right. Oh, you you hear the beckoning call of the Lord. Your heart's beating out of your chest and you're getting excited. And you're like ah, I believe it's the Lord. And you come up and you give yourself to Jesus just like we've seen so many people do. Maybe that's your story in here. And we go awesome. And our love tank gets filled and we are just now overjoyed. This, this presence of God. We walk out of this place and we're like, I'm going to Olive Garden, praise Jesus. And we walk over to Olive Garden because we're going to get some breadsticks and we're excited about it and everything's good. You leave an extra tip for the waitress and just life is going good, right? And then all of a sudden on the way home, you're, you, you're, you're driving and boom, flat tire. And a little bit of this comes out. And you're like, it's okay, it's okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep it together a little bit. And then you start hitting red light after red light after red light after red light after red light and then a, a little bit more comes out. And then your kids in the back seat, and your kid spills Jello all over the back of the car, and you're like, "Where'd you get the Jello from? We ate that like six weeks ago." And he's like, "It was under the seat." And you're like, oh. So before you know it, you're starting to look a little bit pathetic, right? And then you come home, and you're like, finally, kind of tired, and you kick your shoes off, and you're excited to watch the game, and you realize the Padres are losing in the 12th inning. Those of us that were watching, and, and you're just like, "Ah!" Oh. And so before you know it, you're about to go to bed, and you're feeling a little bit more like this. Some of your love has been leaking out throughout the day. You started getting a little snippy. You started getting a little frustrated. You started getting a little anxious. You started getting a little mad. You started getting a little edgy with the people around you. And a little bit more, a little bit more, and a little bit more, you're, you're more and more deflated. And the high that you were on, and I'm not just talking about the day of salvation, I'm talking about throughout the, the entirety of your week. And we walk around with a love tank that's like kind of there, but not great. So how do we refill this guy? Do we sit at the house and just enjoy the fact that we have a deflated love tank? I don't think so. Do we just get some good rest? Do we eat some dark chocolate? Like, what do we gotta do in order to refill this thing back up? Renewed love gets breathed into you from none other but love himself. Renewed love gets breathed into you from none other than love himself. Let us never forget that love is indeed love. A person, okay? Love is indeed a person. First John 4, 8. But anyone who does not love God does not know God, for God is love. So when life knocks you down and things happen, a renewed love is found in the source of all renewal concerning the things of the kingdom. Friends, it's found in him. So when we're lacking in love, we go to him. We don't need more love. What we need is more of Jesus. We need more of him, Amen? Fill in the blank with whatever it is that you're lacking. I feel weird when I, when I sit in discipleship sessions and I talk with people and I feel like the broken record that's like, I know there's a lot going on, but the answer is honestly found in him. And it almost seems like the cop-out answer, but I'm like, it really is. Like, how are you doing with him? Where are you at with him? And this is the barometer that I gauge my life on. Friends, let me tell you, there's other areas that we can work on with little things, but I tell you, at the end of the day, 99% of the time when I look at my own life, I go, Man, no wonder I'm acting this way or no wonder this is going on. I'm just, I'm slipping a little bit in my relationship with the Lord. I'm not being renewed with love, being refilled with love day by day. Oh, 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 sure, I did it last Sunday at 10 a.m. Oh, sure, I did it a couple weeks ago at Easter. Oh, sure, when we had a praise night, I got my love tank filled. Well, what was I doing Thursday morning? What was I doing on my lunch break on Monday? Friend, and I'm not saying you just need to go get a Bible and sit in a dark closet all day, rocking and praying to God all day. I'm not saying you need to do that. But I'm saying we need to have a lifestyle of constant intimacy with the Father that renews a love within us day by day. Are you with me? Okay. Love will begin to overflow within you from the well of God, which in and of itself is love. Everything that God gives to you and I is gonna come from this radical source of love. It's who he is. You cannot separate him from that. This is why it's so important to have a consistent daily engagement concerning our relationship with God. If we don't, the beautiful things that the Holy Spirit of God is attempting to renew on the inside of us will remain deflated. And he wants to renew us. He wants to renew a love within us. So have you been cranky recently? I was. I was recently, I was being short, I was being selfish, I was being careless. I needed something to shift on the inside of me, and guess what, staying devotionally connected to the source, letting God renew me day by day, wouldn't you know it, love began to fill me to overflowing again. Shocker. You'd think we'd figure this out by now. (laughs) Do you guys know who Paul is in scripture? Scripture doesn't give us a whole lot of insight about all that was happening in Paul's world before he had an encounter with Jesus. And the story goes, he's, he's frustrated. His name is Saul at the point. He's mad and he's burning, angry. He's breathing murderous threats against the Christians, the scripture tells us. He's finding them, dragging them off to prison, beating them, killing them. He is angry. And on his road to Damascus, when he's traveling over there, Jesus meets him and, and sparing some details for the sake of time. He knocks him off of his horse. Saul goes blind for a period of time. Jesus is like, hey, what you're doing, you're doing against me. And he reveals himself to, to, to Saul. And, and at this point, I think one could argue that Saul has a lot of hate in his heart. Don't you think? He's, he's got a lot of hate and now he's encountering love. I mean, did Saul have some love maybe for some some family members and some people that were maybe close to him that he was studying with or some friends? Like maybe there was a degree of love in his life, but I think it's pretty safe to say that hate was really riddling his heart. So then he has an encounter with love and it wasn't this cute little, oh, I could feel the hair standing up on the back of my neck. No, love straight knocked him off of his horse, okay? I don't know if you've fallen off a horse recently, but it's no fun. I've fallen off a horse and they are big and it hurts. And I am not a cowboy like my dad. So anyways, he gets knocked off of his horse by love and now some things begin to change in Paul's life. Sparing some of those details, love begins to fill him up. He encounters love and love gets renewed on the inside of him, but... Trust me, Paul didn't have it all figured out either in this moment. He's not hitting the target 100% of the time on the love scale. Let me show you what I mean. Romans chapter 7, verse 15, I'm reading out of the Passion. It's a mystery to myself, for I want to do what is right, but end up doing what my moral instincts condemn. You ever felt like that? I know most of us have. I'm not doing the things that I really wanna do, the things I really don't wanna do. That's the stuff I keep on doing. He's frustrated with himself because he's like, I have something new on the inside of me this growing love, but I can't get there 100% of the time. Look at verse 22. Truly, deep within my true identity, I love to do what pleases God, but I discern another power operating in my humanity, waging a war against the moral principles of my conscience and bringing me into captivity as a prisoner to the law of sin. This unwelcome intruder in my humanity. What an agonizing situation I am in. So who has the power to rescue this miserable man from the unwelcome intruder of sin and death? That question is rhetorical. He's about to give the answer. Verse 25, I give all my thanks to God for his mighty power has finally provided a way out through our Lord Jesus, the anointed one. So if left to myself... The flesh is aligned with the law of sin, but now my renewed mind is fixed on and submitted to God's righteous principles. If left to myself, when it's just me, I'm going to fail at this. I'm going to mess this up. But when I dive deeper into God, love himself, when I dive deeper into that, I'm filled with more of him and more and more of a renewed love begins to fill my being. And this is Paul we're talking about. Dude wrote two thirds of the New Testament. Dude went around and performed miraculous miracles. It was phenomenal. You couldn't even fall asleep in his church because if you did, you fell out of windows and died and then he resurrected you and you had to go back to service. I mean, like, there's this remarkable. this is Paul, like he's got some sauce on his life, some anointing, man. Another level, it's so beautiful. Look at what happens when this encounter is fostered and then Paul begins to connect with God on the daily through the help of the Holy Spirit, he changes. So remember this, let me paint it one more time for you. He's filled with hate, he encounters love on the road to Damascus and when that happens, he's beginning to live with his love tank full. But does he get it right all the time? No, because Paul, even him, had to learn how to do this day by day. So I'm sure he had some days where there were some issues, where there were some frustrations, where there were some anxiety to go back to the way that things used to be. Maybe there was some uh, old creeping habits that had come up. Whatever it was, we just read it in Romans 7. He's like, I still have this intruder of sin. It's not who I am, but I'm learning to slay that thing by making sure I'm filled with love every single day. So, now he has this to say concerning love. This was the guy that was murdering Christians. Murdering them. And now he has this to say concerning love. If I were to speak with eloquence in earth's many languages and in the heavenly tongues of angels, yet I didn't express myself with love, my words would be reduced to the hollow sound of nothing more than a clanging cymbal. And if I were to have the gift of prophecy with a profound understanding of God's hidden secrets, and if I possess unending supernatural knowledge, and if I had the greatest gift of faith that can move mountains but have never learned to love, then I am nothing. And if I were to be so generous as to give away everything I own to feed the poor and to offer my body to be burned as a martyr without the pure motive of love, I would gain nothing of value. Talk about a deep revelation of a renewed love. And even Paul's learning to walk in that day by day. That's a mature understanding of love, something that we're learning through communion with love himself, day to day communion. His transformation, his renewal was so thorough, so intense, that he's choosing to silence the old man desiring to live like he used to live before he met Jesus. And he's choosing to renew himself in this love through communion with the Holy Spirit every single day. So there's lots of results that happens in this in the life of a believer, but I wanna give you three kind of big ones right now, three things that renewed love does, and then we'll wrap this up. The first one is this. Renewed love desires more of God. It desires more of God. Why? For God is love. Don't forget that. It is important that this is the first thing because God knows that the best thing for us to do in the, in the arena of love is to get more of him because he's love. That's, what, that's, that's the best thing to do. Come to me because I'm the greatest source of love. So I want, as I'm renewing love within you, you're gonna develop an appetite for more of this wonderful thing. That makes sense, right? He knows that's what's best. So stop separating love and God. They are one and the same. They are one and the same. 1 John four sixteen. we know how much God loves us and we have put our trust in his love. God is love and all who live in love live in God and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. I like that. Our love grows more perfect. That kind of explains where Paul's at, huh? He's trying to, he's working this out and he's realizing I got this thing that's kind of pulling me this way and this thing that's kind of going this way, but I'm learning how to work this out. It's a day by day thing. Whereas I yield to the Holy Spirit, it's helping. David, the beloved, so consumed by God, And his amazing love exclaims this in verse four of Psalm 27. One thing I have desired of the Lord that will I seek is that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. He's saying I've had such an encounter with God that I want nothing more than for his radical love to fill me again and again and again. One thing I desire now. I have my eyes fixated on this one thing. A healthy appetite for more of God. Not, okay, God, I gave you your, uh, your, your hour and a half on a, on a Sunday, I'll catch you next week. It's an all-consuming desire to know our creator. It's falling in love with him, man. It's so life-changing, it's so romantic, it's so beautiful, it's so, oh. If you haven't had it, friend, let me tell you, uh, that's not a word of condemnation, that's an invitation to something so exciting. Your faith is about to get real exciting if you'll awaken yourself to this, if you'll say, God, I'm willing to allow this. And some and sometimes we are, we're so riddled with excuses on, on the reason why we can't receive more of this love from him, and it's because we didn't receive love from our parents, and it's because we didn't know how to love our kids, and it's because we had no love, for these persons and we have all of these things and I'm not to devalue any of those things they're valid they're real but at the end of the day if that's what's keeping us from the ultimate source of love that makes no sense we've got to come to love to allow him to riddle our life with more of that and stop walking around like this wondering why thinking I'm just going to make it into heaven by the skin of my teeth with my deflated little balloon of love that's not christianity friends It's so much bigger and better and greater and grander. It's so awesome if you would really do it right and let this renewed love grow within you, fostering a greater relationship with the Lord. The second thing it does is it builds love for others. Romans 12, 9, don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. You see, as our love for God grows, the things that he loves naturally begins to affect us. I like to say it like this. Your taste buds change. Has anybody ever had their taste buds changed? I know this is going to offend you, but growing up, I hated chocolate. I know. We can still be friends. It's cool. I hated chocolate. I just didn't like it. I'm like that traditional kid that was like, I want vanilla ice cream. They're like, you sure? We got like a thousand flavors. I want vanilla. Okay, so that, that was me. But now I'm actually learning to like chocolate. And time, I don't know, my taste buds have changed. Now I like chocolate. See, we're friends again. Okay, so how I like chocolate. My taste buds changed as I grew up, as I matured as a man, all right? <laughs> I just stopped being a little baby. Now I learned to like chocolate. But now as a, as a believer, this matures and grows on the inside of us. Our taste buds change. We begin to love people. We can't claim to love God and hate people because it doesn't work that way. We don't love God and tolerate people. And let me tell you, some people are really difficult to love (laughs) and some people are really easy to love. Everybody wants to hang around people who really are are easy to love, but guess what? Those people already have a ton of friends. Try to find some friends that are difficult to love. And I have some friends like that, that I go, this dude is a challenge. But guess what? Every time my phone rings, I'm not gonna be like, straight to voicemail. I'm not gonna do that. I'm learning how to be like, hey talk and i know they want to talk for 97 minutes and i don't have 97 minutes to talk right now but i'm just going to learn to enlarge my capacity to love other people as god invades me more and more verse 7 of john chapter 4 almost done dear friends let us continue to love one another did i already read that i did No, I didn't. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God for God is love. But anyone who does not love God does not know God for God is love. So if you're getting frustrated with a friend or someone in your life is bugging you or your boss is getting on your nerves more so recently or your kids are driving you nuts, that growth of love begins to come. It's found in him. It's the answer is seeking love. It's going after him. So when that happens, this thing gets blown back up again, day by day, right? This is an every single day. I hope this sticks in your brain. If you need to go buy a balloon arch and stick it in your kitchen, like fill it up and write love on every single one of them and just keep blowing it up, blowing it up until you're in the base and you're gonna pass out. But if it reminds you, God, I need to fill myself with your love every single day, do it. Put balloon arch right over your bed. So as you go to sleep, you're like, are these deflated or are these filled with love? I don't know. Do whatever works. But fill yourself with the love of God every single day. The answer is found in you. The last thing, it increases love for yourself. You recognize that when you and I became believers, we gave ourselves away to him. Like we gave ourselves to him. He lives within us and he thinks the world of us. So aligning our mindset with him concerning how he thinks towards us is absolutely massive. Pastor Bill Johnson has a great quote that I love. He says this, I cannot afford to have a thought in my head about myself that he doesn't have in his head about me. I'll say it again. I cannot afford to have a thought in my head about myself that he doesn't have in his can't afford to think of ourselves any less than he thinks of us you are not some scumbag christian that just can't get it together and you absolutely suck and god's just trying to tolerate you to one day kill you and take you into heaven so you can live in some shanty house on the side of of heaven in some back alley where you're tucking your wallet a little bit deeper with the because you think some angel's gonna rob you like that's ridiculous that is not our god that is not how life works out you are his beloved he's crazy about you Don't get me started, because I will go down that path for a long time. So he is absolutely wild about you, man. You have to see yourself the way that he sees you. We live in a culture that is riddled with devaluing self-worth and spiraling out of control, depression and anxiety. And the machine of social media is often only harming this area more and more and not helping. There is no better advice I can give to those struggling in this area than to renew your love for yourself by matching your thoughts for yourself with how he thinks about you. It's blowing up that balloon of love every single day. You'll notice your love for him increases. Your love for others increases. Your love for yourself increases. Before you know it, you'll look in the mirror and begin to love the person that looks back at you. Every single moment you are thinking of me, how precious and wonderful to consider that you cherish me constantly in your every thought. Oh God, your desires towards me are more than the grains of sand on every so- on every shore. When I awake each morning, you're still warm. There is not a moment that he is not with you. He's obsessed with you. He's always thinking about you. We cannot over exaggerate his love for us. It's too vast. It's too extreme. How could we hate when he loves so dearly? Renew love, his love. Let it consume you and watch love begin to fold over and over and over again in your life. For him, for others, and for yourself. As he love loving you. Amen. Would you stand with me? I want to pray for you. we thank you for renewed love. We are aiming at you. We are affecting others and you are consuming me. Today, God, we align our hearts with yours. We're asking that you would saturate our life with your incredible renewed love. I'm asking God that all across this room you would fill up every balloon into our lives again, God. And that it would get through us and it would get into our family and that we would begin to love our kids different. We would love our grandkids different. We would love our neighbor different, our boss different, our waitress different. We would begin to love our panker different. We would come to church and love our pastors and our friends different. Something would begin to grow on the inside of us. Change us from within. Renew a love within us, God. Help us to love ourselves to a greater degree. Teach us to stop flogging ourselves, Lord God. To Quit beating ourselves up for every little mistake and instead go back to you and say, God, I'm just gonna reconnect to the source. Let love blow through our homes again. A renewed love that drives us deeper into you. Let a revival of love come into this church, God. Let a tangible move of your spirit fill us again that shakes us to our core. Wreck our worlds, God, with your amazing kiss. We need you, Jesus. We need you. Today, God, we welcome you through and through, 100% have every last bit of us. We honor you this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for joining us today. If you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like to further connect with us here at Faith Chapel, visit us online at faithchapelsd.com or any social media platform at faithchapelsd. See you real soon.